Thanks for listening to the Life Church Boise weekly podcast. We hope you enjoyed this message from Pastor Mark Bohr. For any other messages or other resources, please visit us at lcboise.com. I brought your Bible with you today. I got your Bible app. Get them out, open them up. Let's go over to 1 Peter chapter 3. Those in the cafe service, what's up? Make sure you open your Bible because I can tell. I can, I know what you're doing as far as you know. First Peter chapter 3, we want to get back into a, a, a message, a teaching that we've been on for the last few weeks. Let's read this verse and then we'll jump right in from there. First Peter chapter 3, 15, uh, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Notice that phrase in there, always, that's not sometimes, always, all the time, be ready, be prepared to give a a defense, or the King James Bible says to, to be ready to give an answer, an answer, a defense to everyone who asks you. So we've got to have some knowledge, we've got to have some equipment. Huh? The, the Amplified Bible reads this way, but in your hearts set Christ apart as holy and acknowledge Him as Lord. Always be ready to give a logical defense. Is it okay to use logic in church and in Christianity? Absolutely. Use your brain. Scripture never said that you're transformed by the removing of your mind. Right? It's by the renewing of your mind. Hopefully we didn't check our brains at the door. Uh, It's okay to think. And we're supposed to have logical answers. They make sense. Give a logical defense to anyone who asks you to account for the hope that is in you, but do it courteously and respectfully. Amen. And so we've been uh, bringing up certain various questions. Last week, you, you might recall, we talked about this question of how can a God who is all good and all powerful um, exist at the same time? How can both of those statements be true when the world is in such chaos? And when there is so much harm and so much suffering in the world. And, uh, and that's a good question, isn't it? A good question that deserves a good answer. And so we gave you that and, and covered those things last week. Uh, today, I want to uh, get into a little different area. This is another common question among some. Not everyone asks these questions, but those who do, they're generally thinking people. Uh, you know, and I, I'd never begrudge the question, but uh, the questions go like this. Why are there so many different religions? And when a Christian, when a believer says, hey, well, I want to invite you to come to my church, or I want you to, uh, I want to talk to you about the Lord, I, I don't think that's an unfair question at all. And they say, well, what about the world? And there's so many different groups, and, and, and usually it goes to this well, who says you're right and they're wrong? Well, why are you on, why are you the right one and and everybody else is wrong? I think that's a good question too. 
And you know what? You and I should have answers for that kind of question. And if we don't have answers, what are we doing? Hmm? Got real quiet on that. <laughs> when, we, when we talk about this question of varying religions and even churches, not the same thing, by the way, not every uh, religion. They might use the word church, but I don't because it's, church belongs to Jesus honestly, but uh, but people use that language and those questions. Um, We need to look at what the problem is in order to discover why our answer or any answer is the correct answer. And if someone doesn't know the root problem, you can see why there's a thousand and one different ideas as how to fix whatever it is. I think human beings know by nature that something's wrong. They're going through life and they recognize this is not really the way it's supposed to be. There's something missing. There's something that needs to be changed here. And so people start thinking, they get creative, the devil helps, and religions are formed. Mankind comes with all, up with all kind of ways to deal with a problem that is often left unidentified. And so you create a religion, you create a system, you create a set of rules, do's and don'ts, and, and all this stuff in an organization around solving a, a problem that you don't really know what it is. And if someone doesn't know what the problem is, again, you're going to create all kinds of solutions that don't necessarily fix anything. All right. And so we want to talk about this and think about it. But what is the root problem with mankind? What is the real issue? Um, I would say this first. It's not the case that a lack of religion is the problem. God didn't look down on on planet earth and the scripture didn't say God so loved the world that he sent him a religion said, these people are just not religious enough. In fact, let's make a bunch of them. We'll cover the globe with religions. Religion is not the solution to the problem. If that were, or, or if the problem were a lack of religions, then that would be our goal. Let's get people as religious as possible. That would be God's goal. But since that's not the problem, and more religion doesn't fix the ills of humankind, then that's not the goal of God. And if it's not His goal, it shouldn't be our goal either. What about the age-old question of, do all roads lead to Rome? Huh? In other words, that's a statement that means are all pathways correct, meaning you can believe a myriad of different things, but eventually they all lead to the same place, the same God, the same heaven, and there's just a million different roads to get there. Is that correct? What are we to do with, you know, this notion that's in our country? You recognize that what our country is discussing is not the same thing the whole world is discussing? Sometimes we think, we're it, and this is what, you know, we are a small part of it. You know, but when when individuals um, put the bumper stickers on the car and so forth, and they they list out the the symbols of many different religions and say, we, you know, Basically, what I get from the implication is it's all the same. 
It's just different. You know, different ways, but it all really means the same thing. And if someone's goal is that we shouldn't, you know, we should be able to live at peace and respect all people, I'm totally for that. We should be respectful towards everyone. We should be able to live at peace as long as they don't try to, you know, blow us up. (laughs) That kind of messes that up, but, you know, suicide bombers and so forth to kind of hindrance to that system, but... uh, But other than that, we should be respectful. But are we to view that? Are we to have the mindset that, hey, this is my way and you may like a different way and that's fine and uh, we're all going to end up in the same place. And that is a thought that many people have, but I want to know if that's right. I want to know if that's the correct way for me to think. Now, like many things in life, logic will serve us, all right? If we're doing math... 2 plus 2 usually equals 4, right? Unless, of course, you feel differently about it. (laughs) Then we want to make your answer equal to other people's answers and just say it's all the same, right? No, there's a reality of, of, of truth in life, and some things really just are. I don't want to put what is fact, what is reality, into a land of blur, into a land of relativism, all right? Sometimes people will say, there are no absolutes, except for that statement, you know, and it doesn't make sense to, to even approach life. like there, there are, there are some things, they're just true. Okay, my quest would be to be on the right side of that. My desire is if I recognize I'm wrong about something, I want to change as quick as possible uh, so I can be on the right path and do things the right way. All right, now you can be wrong and be sincere. You're wrong about some stuff. I'm wrong about some stuff. We can still be sincere in our quest to do things right, but I don't want to blur everything and say, well, just because, and kind of step back and say, I just don't understand why are there so, everything, so many different ways. Everything must be the same or equal. No, 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 no. Let's take a little closer examination. How many know you cannot have two opposing thoughts, two opposing statements, and call them both true? I mean, that's just illogical. And so we are to be thinking people, and we can be, and, and really we often need to be when it comes to uh, God, when it comes to eternal life, when it comes to spirituality. And, and let's, so let's get back to this and talk about the root of the problem. Here's basically what it is, all right? The problem that needs solved is called a sin nature. It is a sin nature. It is sin at the very root, at the very core of human beings. If that is not dealt with, then people remain in a sinful state. And the way this works is sin kills. It produces inside of a human being a dead spirit, which means they are separated from God. Let me elaborate just a a little bit. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 17 reads this way. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. And so the, the word of the Lord to Adam was, don't eat of that fruit, because when you do, 
you're going to die. He didn't have a whole bunch of rules. He didn't have a whole bunch of laws. The Lord said, just don't eat that one. Why? It's going to kill you. You're going to die. And he ate, and what happened? He died instantly. But how many recognize he didn't die physically? He lived long, long time on the earth physically, but there was instantly a, a cutting off. A separation. It was death entered his spirit, and that has become the problem of all human beings. Romans chapter 5 and verse 12 reads this way Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. So, this is the problem identified. This is the root issue that must be solved. I'm not going to just step back and say, well, why are there so many different beliefs and different religions and how can one be... I want to I come in a little bit and say, well, what are we trying to fix anyway? If you're going to have some kind of religion or some kind of spirituality and, and, and belief, what are we trying to fix here? And this is the problem. This is why everyone seeks an answer this is why people are crying out for help. They know something's wrong, and it's right. They're dead. Death has passed to all people. And so, if all people have sin, and thus connected to that, then spiritual death, what fixes it? Does prayer fix it? Does religion fix it? Do good works fix it? In other words, can I do enough... Uh, good things and at some point in there death will leave me and life will come back into me and I'll have union with God does that resurrect a dead spirit uh, amen do commandments if I follow a, a rule a, a, a list of commandments does that resurrect my spirit am I still dead as Adam that's the question amen and obviously the answer to those things is no. But here's a very uh, common verse around these parts. Uh, it's John chapter 3 and verse 3. And this is the place where Jesus said uh, to Nicodemus, he said, unless one is born again. Uh, I was trying to quote the whole verse. I was trying to read it. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Well, what does that have to do with seeing the kingdom of God, being born again? Because it's talking about the spirit. It's not talking about a physical rebirth. It's talking about a spiritual rebirth. What? Dead spirit goes to living spirit. The root cause and ill of all of mankind's troubles is dealt with in an instant, and there is a rebirth. And that spirit becomes alive again, therefore in contact, in connection with, with God, and it's, we are no longer separated. Ephesians chapter 2, here's another verse, and verse 5 reads this way, even when we were dead, even when what? We were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with, with Christ, by grace you have been saved. So look at the language, we're dead now made alive. What's the problem in the world? Death. Sin, which produces death, we need to be made alive. So watch, if we understand this root of the problem, then we can easily see 
And you can do some study if you want. And you can study the claims of various religious groups. But my question would be this. How do you fix death? If I participate in your belief system, if I do your practices, if I do everything you say to do, do I become alive at the end of that? Or in some part of that? And here's the issue. Religion doesn't even acknowledge the problem, let alone offer a solution for it. Sometimes it's just, well, everything's fine, everything's good, everybody's okay. And sometimes it's just, well, do these things and maybe, and maybe God will let you into heaven. There's no guarantee of that. There's all kinds of empty, void promises. None of them deal with death and life. And so if we want to talk about, say, well, what's religion is right. It's not about it. None of, no religion fixes death. You can, still, you can be religious all day long. You can do, have a lot of good practices, even some good habits that benefit you in various areas of life and still be dead at the end of it. Spiritually dead. Amen. And so often what the case is, is with varying, varying religions, it's about behavior reform. You've become a car part of this, and you're going to stop doing these things, and you're going to start doing these things. Sometimes it's about how you dress, or it's, a, it's about uh, you need to come to this building, and you need to give this or pay this money, or you need to pray this way, you need to wear this underwear, you need to, uh, you need to do all these things. It seems interesting to me that even back in the Garden of Eden, after the fall of man, that immediately what they did is they started a religion. It was fig leafism. (laughs) And it's really the case. They felt shame. They felt guilt. They knew something was wrong. They knew, junk, man, we're not right with God. We got to do something to cover this, to fix this. I need a band-aid. I need something to make me feel better. I feel ashamed. So they made the the underwear out of fig leaves and stuff and and uh and they're immediately they're trying to fix it but it didn't work why because their fig leaves are on dead they're dead and that's a problem we need something that will resurrect that and like i said a lot of this behavior reform though it might be beneficial in some ways in some areas it doesn't deal with a dead spirit okay and so um it is true, no doubt, that when someone becomes a believer and they are saved, that their behavior changes. My behavior has changed. My behavior continues to change. But why does it? It's not so that God will accept me. It's not so that I will go to heaven. It is because of it. In other words, our behavior is a result of a root of salvation. Our salvation is not the fruit of our behavior. Okay, and that's the way often you'll find in the world people will tell you, don't do this, do this, here's how you live, here's where you need to go, here, all these sets of rules. Okay, but that's all on the outside. You still got a cancer on the inside that's killing you, and it's called spiritual death. And I don't need to change everything on the outside, I need to be born again. I need to be resurrected. And so that being the root of the problem, we can understand why when we talk about you know, comparing different religions, I don't really need to do that. 
Who's offering me a solution where I can be right with God now and forever? Because I cannot do that on my own. I have sinned. And I continue to fall short of the glory of God in in, in my behavior. What's going to solve that problem? Otherwise, I'm living a a life of uncertainty. And I just don't really know what's going to happen. Look with me over at the book of John. uh, The book of John chapter 14. Matthew, Mark, Luke, Jean. John chapter 14. This is a verse that if you're a Christian, you're a believer, you should know this one. All right, I encourage you, get it down if you don't already know it. Get it down, get it settled, get it in your pocket. (laughs) Carry it with you everywhere you go. This is an important verse. Jesus said, verse 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way the truth, and the life. No one. Wow. That's pretty absolute, Jesus. No one comes to the Father except through me. So I can't get to God the Father through various methods or of my own making or some form of religious activity. No. He said, no, you could, God loves everyone, and therefore he made a way. And that way is me. And you can get to him through me. You try to go around me, you don't get in. That's God's prerogative. But also, the reason for that is, is because Jesus is the solution to the dead spirit. What Jesus did, and the reason He is the only way, is because what He did on the cross paid for our sin, and therefore a spiritual separation from God, allowing the Lord to legally transfer into us spiritual life. Because it's paid for, because He made a way, and it was a, there was a whole to-do about getting this done, took thousands of years. To get this all situation, situation and set up to where Jesus could redeem us legally from death, hell, and the grave. You can't just walk in another way. Say, well, God's God. He can let anyone into heaven that he wants. No, he can't. He went through to great extent to make Jesus the sacrifice and the substitute for our sin. He was not just going through the motions. It had to be done. Death was real. And it had to be paid for. It had to be taken care of. That's why. You can only be made alive through Jesus because otherwise your sin and therefore your death still exists. Now, you look at this, you say, well, that's pretty exclusive. But some things just are. I mean, spiritual death just is. But Jesus did pay for it. And when he said, I am the way... He didn't leave room for others. For, so if Jesus is the way, you know, uh, to the Father, I guess Buddha's not. I guess Muhammad is not. I don't mean I want to be disrespectful to anyone. I want to respect all people, treat them all with kindness and love. But some things just are. It's a spiritual reality, a spiritual fact that death has to be taken care of. And God did it on behalf of the whole human race. And Jesus said, you can have life. You must be born again. It comes through me. And so if I do it God's way, I get God results. Yeah. 
Now, usually when you talk about the religious side of things, that's usually man's attempt to get right with God. And it takes on varying forms, different looks. But if, if religion has something in it that leads a person to Jesus, then it's a value. Okay? I mean, Christianity, if you speak of it as a religion, it, has, it can have value if it leads a person to salvation in Jesus. If not, it's just a religion like others. How many recognize this? That there are many people that call themselves a Christian, but they're still dead in their trespasses and sins. They are spiritually dead, Ephesians 2. They're still dead. Well, I've had numbers of people come here that have been a part of varying religious groups, even Christian denominations, and they've told me, I'm a this, I'm a this, and once we have the discussion, once things are explained, sometimes just in this context, uh, in teaching and preaching, uh, it's explained to them, they sit there and realize, yeah, I've been a Lutheran, I've been a Baptist, I've been a, and I'm not putting those groups down by any means, I've been a this, but as I sat here, I realized, I've never been born again. I was just socialized Christian. I said the right things. I went, you know, I tried to live a good life, but I was still spiritually dead. And we have people who come here and pray and get born again after being in church for a long time. Why? They recognize, man, I've been putting a band-aid on a dead spirit. Now, they might have been sincere. They just needed to hear it straight. Man, you, you need to be born again. You need to be revived. You're dead and God wants you to be connected with Him. Amen. And so I don't want to, pro, I don't want to pro, uh, you know, just promote all these different systems and ways of doing things. I want individuals to have a real connection with the Lord. Uh, it's become popular in our day. Uh, this is a common saying now. People will say, I'm not religious. I'm spiritual. Okay, I'm not religious. I'm spiritual. You ever heard that? People talk about that. Maybe some of you say that. You know, on the face of that, I totally like that. Honestly, when I just hear that language, I think, I like that. That's good. But let's back up a minute. Let's not just wrap or embrace every kind of saying. The devil's spiritual too. There are spirits good and bad. <laughs> there is a spirit world. And just because someone says, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual, okay, but are you alive? What have you done with Jesus? What have you done with truth? What have you done with God's grace? He's given you a way to know Him. Are we still, are we skirting around that and saying, I'm going to be spiritual, I'm going to still do it my own way, my own kind of made up religion. I'm just not a part of an organized thing. I got my own religion. Me. <laughs> on the boat. On the lake. <laughs> or whatever. And I'm just aware or whatever. I'm just trying to have fun. So, <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Uh, even so, we might have some good words sometimes. We got to uh, dig a little deeper and say, what does that mean? Where are, you, where are you with God? What have you done with His sacrifice for your sins? Amen. And so, uh, let's talk a little bit about this, and we're gonna. Well, I want to finish up with this. What is the gospel. What is the gospel? Turn with me to John chapter 16, real close to where you are there. Uh, 
at John chapter 16, let me first say this. This is what it's not. The gospel, which means good news, by the way. Our message is not, you need to stop lying and stop cheating and stop stealing and stop your sexual immorality and stop this and stop that and, 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 and then God will accept you and then you'll go to heaven. Then God will love you, anything, anything of that nature. That is not the gospel. Okay. Now, is it true that some of that is good practical wisdom? Dude, you might stay out of jail if you follow this advice. <laughs> you know, you might have more friends. People will trust you. You, you know, you can avoid a whole lot of problems by, uh, by following righteous principles. Right? However, that's not the gospel. If that's all I were to do and stand up here and say, Okay, you guys need to start living right. Stop doing this, start doing this. And I didn't present a solution to death. I haven't served anyone. Haven't done any, anyone any good. All right. In John 16, uh, Jesus was teaching here because he was about to go to the cross, die for the sins of the world, and then the Holy Spirit would be made available to everybody. Talking about the Holy Spirit in verse 8, he said, when he has come, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Now, if you stop right there, and many people do, <laughs> you immediately go back to what I already explained. You say, well, we need to talk to people about their sinful uh, actions. We just need to tell people to stop doing all these bad things so they can go to heaven, so God will love, something like that. But that's not what the Spirit of God is doing. When, he, when Jesus said the Spirit is going to convict the world of sin, uh, look what, how Jesus explained that. Verse 9, of sin, because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. But again, Jesus said, this is what the Holy Spirit is talking to people about. Not all of their problems, not all of their issues, all the ways that they are violating righteousness. The Holy Spirit is talking to them about their belief in Jesus. You know, the, uh, people don't go to hell because of all the various sins we can think up and list out. You know, people go to hell because of one sin, and that is the sin of rejecting God's way, God's grace, rejecting the Lord Jesus as the Savior of the world. That's why the Spirit of God deals with people there. How many think we ought to kind of work with the Holy Spirit? And so if He's saying, you know what, I'm not here to condemn the world, I'm here to save them. I'm not here to put everyone, I'm here to tell them, hey, Jesus paid for your sins. Then we ought to be speaking the same thing. I'm not making any kind of condolence for, for people to live ungodly, unrighteous lifestyles, especially if you're a believer. I tell you, the Lord is working in you from the inside out to reflect His character, His nature, His ways. And the Lord deals with me, the Lord deals with you, so that we live these things out correctly. But I'm not saved because I did it all right today. I'm not going to heaven because I, I, because I confessed everything I could ever, I've ever, everything wrong that I've ever done. No, I'm going to heaven. I'm right with God because Jesus has washed my sins away. I have received a spiritual resurrection. I'm alive to God. 
He is my Father. Amen. And therefore, when you you know when you die, you go to be with your you go home. You go to be where your Father is, whoever that is. Jesus said to the Pharisees, "You're of your father, the devil." That's when you don't want to go home. But there are dead spirits and there are living spirits. And, 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 and so Jesus made a way. But you can see that he said the Spirit is talking to him about what's wrong, what's right, and judgment to come. The prince of this world has been judged. In other words, there's accountability. There's accountability for what we do. And that's what the Spirit of God is talking to people about. And that's what we ought to be. What is the gospel? It's not stop doing all these bad things. The gospel is Jesus paid for your sins on the cross. Believe him. Make him your Lord and Savior. Yeah, be accepted in Him. This is not about this whole question, this whole thing we're dealing with today. It is not about why is your church right and some other church. That's, it's not about that at all. It's not about me being right and you being wrong, my church being right, your church being wrong. It's about, man, I was lost. God loved me. He sent His only Son. He paid for my sins. I accepted that. I'm alive. I don't need to pit me against anyone else after that. You accept that? You're alive too. We're in the same family. It's not about one being wrong. It's you've sinned. Jesus paid for your sin and you must be born again. That's the succinct version of this message today. I want to encourage you. Think some of this through. Have answers. Be prepared. Be equipped. And if you understand the basis of how things work and why things are the way they are, you don't have to really memorize a formula. You know, I don't, I'm not opposed to memorizing scriptures and things like that, but how many know every situation is different? And you got one person, they come at it one way, and another person asks a different question, another person inquires over here. What our goal is, if you're a believer, I want to know God intimately. I want to know how he thinks. I want to know his ways. I most certainly want to know what's the whole deal about salvation, eternal life, hell. I want to know how to arrive. I want to know how to be born again. Understand it, then you speak from that, from that place. Amen. And it doesn't come across, I've just memorized a system here. Because you sound religious then. Understand God's ways and communicate to people his heart. Amen. Amen. I hope that I hope that's a uh, that, that that's a that's a helpful thing. I, I would say this as well. You know, in the world today, they often want to water down Christianity to just being a humanitarian effort in the world. And many will try to say, "Hey, churches are really of no value except if they feed the poor, you know, if they help the uh, help people who are down and out, and, and they're helping people with physical needs, and that's really what the church is. Listen, that's not what the church is. Do we do some of that? Yes, we do. Is that our main purpose? Absolutely not. Why? I don't want to leave someone dead. If they're not brought into union with God, into a relationship with Him, everything else we do has just it's just short-lived it's just a temporary fix and so when they when 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 people try to view the church or you as a as a believer as just well if you give 
you know, and if you do some community service, and uh, then that's what you're good for. No, we might be able to help you out there. Might be able to do some good things, but that's not the goal. Huh? You know, when I give, uh, and I give to things that are going on, you know, in different parts of the world where there, are, where there is great need. I know there's need in our country too, and we give here. But do, I'm not looking for an organization that will just feed people. Because there are others, there are other missionaries, there are other people that go out, and they may do some of that natural stuff, but they give them the gospel. Because that's what really matters. And we've got to keep our eye on the ball and understand eternity and how life and death works. Amen. Father, today I pray for these. I pray for their, their, their steps to be ordered. I pray for their paths to be directed, that you would set up divine appointments in their lives where they could come into contact with those with questions so they can be the answer and they can bring them truth that makes them free. Thank you for speaking to their hearts and directing their lives today. Everybody pray this with me if you would, if you can from your heart. Say, Father, I pray that you would direct me. You would order my steps. Lead me into divine appointments, connections with people who are seeking after you. Those who need answers. Fill my mouth with words of wisdom, words of life, so that I might be a blessing and show them Jesus. Oh, Father, I thank you. Thank you for working in us today. Oh, we rejoice in your grace and your kindness in your love towards us. And Lord, I just minister healing and health to those physical bodies here today. Those who are having digestive issues, digesting food or whatever you digest. Hey. Mmm. Put your hands on yourself if that's you. You've been having trouble in that area. Let the Lord minister to you right now. And right when you do, there's the power of God. Spirit of God moves on you. That anointing goes into you and affects a healing and a cure. I command those digestive tracts to heal now. Be set free. (laughs) In Jesus' name. And everything's fine. Everything's well. Everything's right. Thank you for healing bodies. Thank you, Lord. You're so good to us every day and all the time. You're so good to us. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. For you do all things well. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. You're going to notice those, that, that change in that. Send me a testimony. I don't know unless you tell me. And, uh, and we get people waving their hands sometimes in service to say it feels better. But some things, you know, you can't. You can't diagnose there right there in your seat so send in a testimony and uh, oh God is good Amen. a bunch of people got healed in the first service today too various things and, uh, and people get healed after, after the services every week every single week our healing teams are skilled they're, they know what they're doing and uh, when one person knows God they're able to bring him to someone else and that's why God wants all of us to be equipped and prepared he wants to use us to help someone. Someone shared, shared with me. It was my grandmother. I got born again. 
but someone some people have helped me all through my life and told me things and shared different things where would I be without that or where will people be without you getting equipped and prepared and being ready with answers amen before we finish today most important part of the service so let's not move around just in respect to people around you maybe you've come to church today and you're not right with God it's kind of the whole message the whole thing I talked about and maybe in the middle of it maybe right now you recognize I need to be born again I need to be made alive I've sinned I'm not perfect I've I've fallen short of God's glory I need to be made alive today if that's you let's do it you're a prayer away to experiencing God's life today and forever so I want to give you a chance to do that we're going to pray in just a minute but let me be real straight and clear in, in, in how this works you've sinned I've sinned we've come short of God's glory God took your sin my sin placed it on his son Jesus on the cross he suffered he died in our place he was raised from the dead so God could legally wipe our slate clean and say it's no longer help put to your account and that's when we're reborn so in just a minute we're going to pray but I'm going to have everyone respond to this that wants to I'm going to have you respond by lifting up your hands all across the building All right, I'll count to three I'll say one, two, three bam when I do you just slip up your hands all across the building I'll count one, two, three, four, five, six and uh, and then we're going to pray say why why, why, why do I need to do that well that's our method I don't have a scripture that says one, two, three clap, raise your hand that's our method but here's, here's what is scriptural Jesus said if you'll confess me before men men and women the people he said I'll confess you before the Father in heaven he said but if you deny me before them he said I'm going to deny you too so it seems the Lord wants us to approach him unafraid unashamed not trying to hide it not trying to be secretive but being bold say yeah I want the Lord in my life yeah I'm ready to give my whole heart and life to him and if you're willing to do that I tell you you're about to have an encounter with God that will leave you alive We hope you enjoyed this message. Find our other messages on iTunes or visit our website at lcboise.com and follow us on social media, Life Church Boise. Thank you and have a blessed day.